Welcome to the Turning Point Church Podcast. We pray that this message takes root in your heart and bears fruit in your life. For additional messages and other resources, you can visit us at www.tpoint.church. I want you to grab your Bibles and turn to Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy. And we're going to read uh, a few passages in the, uh, this morning, but it's all going to be in the book of Deuteronomy, so, so no worries there. And just go to chapter 1. Did everybody find it? You made your way okay? Good. Whether you've got it on your phone, your tablet, or your device, or you got it on ink and paper, come on, let's stand together. We're gonna we're gonna read. We're gonna start in 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 chapter one, just a passage, a short passage in chapter one, and then we'll we'll jump over to to chapter six. And the Lord will help me to keep it together today. Deuteronomy chapter one, starting with verse three. And it came about in the 40th year, on the first day of the 11th month, that Moses spoke to the children of Israel according to all that the Lord had commanded him to give them. After he had defeated Sion, the king of the Amorites, who lived in Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, who lived in Ashtaroth, and Edri, and Edri, across the Jordan in the land of Moab, Moses undertook to expound this law, saying, verse 6, The Lord your God spoke to us at Horeb, saying, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. Turn and set your journey to go to the hill country of the Amorites and to all the neighbors of the Arabah, in the hill country of the lowland, in the Negev, and by the sea coast, the land of the Canaanites and Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, See, I have placed the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob, to them and their descendants after them. And I spoke to you at that time, saying, I'm not able to bear the burden of you alone. You see, the Lord your God has multiplied you, and behold, you are this day the stars, as the stars of the heaven for multitude. May the Lord God... The God of your fathers increase you a thousandfold more than you are and bless you just as he promised you. Now jump over to chapter 6. We're going to start with verse 1 there. Now this is the commandment. The statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you, that you might do them in the land where you are going over to possess it, so that you and your son and your grandson might fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I commanded you all of the days of your life, and that the days, and that your days may be prolonged. O Israel, you should listen and be careful to do it, that it may be well with you. 
and that you may multiply greatly, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with what? Milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your might. And these words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your sons, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as fronts on your forehead. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Verse 10. Then it shall come about when the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you great and splendid cities which you did not build, and houses full of all good things which you did not fill, and dig cisterns which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant, and you shall eat and be satisfied. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promise. We thank you. You are true to your promise. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Go ahead and be seated. God is the God of promises. He's the God of stories. And today is a wonderful day for a story. Y'all in for that? What I like with God is that there comes a day when the promise is fulfilled. There comes a day when what you had hoped for, what you had asked for, we can pretty much guarantee it's never in the time frame that we would prefer. But there does come a day when the answer, when the promise comes. He says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Many times when Israel won a battle, it would, it, would, it would conclude that with saying, and the Lord gave them a great victory on that day. Jesus stood up in the temple and it was his turn to read and he took his place and he began to read of the prophet Isaiah, for I am anointed to preach the good news to the poor, to deliver the captive, to heal the sick. And then he says, today, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This day, this has been prophesied centuries ago, is now being fulfilled today. There comes a day. Today's a new day and God still does miracles. To truly appreciate uh, the journey that this church has been on, uh, you've got to see the full picture. And so I, I want to share you with this morning with a little bit of the backstory um, of how some things have developed. And I, and I will tell you this, this is, this is not the story about one person about one, one ministry, one, one platform. This is a story about God and his people. He is faithful. I have 15 pages this morning. That's not a lie. 
So forgive me as I, not that it's going to take long to go through it, but I, as I was recounting all of this, it's amazing how much God reminds you of the detail of the things that have happened. So don't let that scare you. We'll, we'll, we'll get, to here, get to it here pretty quickly. But when we planted this church on March 2nd of 2003, we met over on South Church Street in the MTAR building, which is the Middle Tennessee Association of Realtors building. That's where we had our first service. Um, and in fact, that even that location opened up miraculously for us. Up until the week before we had our first service, it had been occupied by another church. And then all of a sudden, Pastor, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, felt like he needed to go by there again and ask again. Sure enough, he asked, and he said, well, we, and the people said, well, we, there was a church meeting here, but we don't know what happened. All of a sudden, they stopped, they stopped showing up. So if you want it, you can, you can use it. So starting there and for, for over a year, we, we lived there. Uh, and, and God began to, to, to bless the church and, and uh, many miracles happening early on. And, uh, um, and so from there, uh, a little after a year, uh, we moved over to Blackman Elementary. How many of y'all remember Blackman Elementary? I know there's a, there's a few. Oh, see, look at this. Keep, keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Please keep it up. That's many years ago. This church is 16 years old. Do you know how rare it is for people to belong to a, congrega a congregation in this day for that long? It is a testimony to the glory of God. It's a testimony to his faithfulness. It's a testimony to your faithfulness. Praise the Lord. My goodness. And even from there, the search for a permanent home really began early, uh, early on during the time of the school. Uh, I, I remember going with Pastor on a few of those occasions uh, to look at land and possibilities that, that could be for us. So we were already thinking of this early on, even when we were in the school situation. Um, and then suddenly, uh, a little over a year into that, uh, we were no longer able to meet in the school. Um, uh, and for a period of several months, we met week to week in different locations. We had uh, a short stint with the Doubletree Hotel. We would use the Lane Agri Center. Um, uh, we would bounce around and just continue the ministry of God because we were determined that no matter where we met, we were going to continue to do the work of the ministry. We were going to continue to honor God, and Pastor led us, led us in that uh, that's when, during this process, we discovered this place. Uh, when, we were, when we were moving around, discovered this place. Uh, pastor met with the landlord, saw that it was available, saw it was a price that we could afford. Even at that time, prices in Murfreesboro were already, uh, were already climbing, and it was difficult to find a large enough space to host a church that was still uh, financially uh, 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 readily available for us, and so something that was good stewardship. And so it was, it was this place. This place was a gymnasium, uh, a workout gym, a lifting gym. Obviously, I don't know the lingo, so I don't, I don't go often. Um, <laughs> it was a place where you exercise, okay? Um, and uh, it, was, it was completely open. There was no wall there. There was no wall there. There weren't bathrooms back there. There wasn't a nursery back there. It was just a big open space. 
Um, and it smelled like a gym. Um, lovely, just lovely. And, uh, and then there's, there, was this, there was this space that was next door that was uh, uh, mostly as it is now. We, well, of course, we put in the, the, the carpet and we built it out. But um, the offices were there. The spaces were there. And this whole back area was just concrete. It was just a, it was a garage. So they had serviced trucks back in there. And we still have the overhead garage that's back there. And so we, we, came, in, we came in here and uh, uh, we did what you see now. Well, it's, it's evolved over the years. But uh, for the most part, um, well, we came in. We bought chairs. We did all that kind of stuff, the, the, the floor, the carpet, and everything. And... Uh, uh, since I was the, the youth pastor and my youth was uh, the grunt. And so, uh, so I, did, uh, I, I helped out a lot. Isn't it true? Yeah, I, I know the guys are laughing. Who's going to take out the trash? Uh, youth pastors. Um, who's going to do the vacuuming? Uh, youth pastors. Trust me, guys, it's for your good. It's, 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 all, it's all working together, all right? All right, one day you can delegate it to someone else, but for now... For now, glory, all right, keeping us all humble. Um, but we came in and we built really as, uh, as minim- minimally as possible when we came in because we knew even then that this was, this, we wanted this to be a temporary home. We knew it wasn't a permanent fixture for us. Uh, and as much as we were glad to be able to just come in, turn on the lights, turn on the sound system. We didn't have to set up and tear down every single week, which was a big deal because, y'all, we like, we like to, we, when we like to have church, we like to have the full band, full everything, all of the singers. Like when we set up, it would take two hours to set up. Like we set up for real. It wasn't just like put up a pulpit and you're set out some chairs and you're done. No, 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 no. We did, we did the whole thing. So as much as we enjoyed being able just to come in, we knew ultimately that the search was going to continue and that we were going to use this as a place that we could that we could be in and be in for uh, a couple of few years um, while we found that other place. And so that was in February of 2006, 13 years ago. The last 13 years have been marked with countless possibilities, um, almost theirs. So close, um, disappointments, start overs, due diligence, build ups, let downs, uh, pouring over maps, chasing down leads, land opportunities, building opportunities. To, to recount all the details would, would take days. I've only got 15 pages. <laughs> and I want to take a, a moment here to, to honor, the, honor the man of God and the founding father of this house. Uh, and his wife, Pastor Johnny, uh, who set his heart to search and to seek um, a permanent home for this, this church. The years that he spent seeking and continued, many of you don't know, and continued even after the transition, when we transitioned four years ago, the man has remained on the hunt and has been right alongside in this, this process. Um. And his heart for this church has never, has never dwindled and never ceased. He loves God and he loves Turning Point and the people of Turning Point. And we honor you, sir, for your faith, your determination, and your heart, your wisdom. We honor you all. Honor to whom honor is due.
I kept looking. I was hoping they would look at me so they could get the look, you know, but it just, it just kind of kept going. <laughs> thank you, sir, for teaching me to seek. And thank you for being a Moses and entrusting the next step to a Joshua. I love you very much. Four years ago this month, it's August, right? Four years ago this month, <laughs> We made that beautiful transition. Um, and that's important because one year later, one year that month later, August 21st, how do we know that? Because my wonderful wife started journaling um, and, and wrote this, this, this date down. Um, and she has, she has really served, I, I tell her all the time, she's, she's Esther. Uh, she's Esther in the court of, 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 of a king because Ivy, she cleans houses on the side as, as for supplemental income for our, our family and has several clients. But her oldest client is a, is a real estate developer and an investor. Uh, he's a godly and generous man and very well known in this community. Um, and uh, uh, known and respected, and, and has been cleaning he and his uh, cleaning for he and his wife for 11 years. And on August 21st, he said to my wife in passing while she's cleaning the house, rather nonchalantly, he says, I've been thinking about it, and I believe God wants me to help your church. Maybe I'll donate some property. I've donated to the city before. I don't see why I can't donate to your church. He just keeps walking. Like, he's no big deal. Uh, not just disposable income. He's got disposable properties. It's like, what in the world? <laughs> Lord, come on and bless this church. Come on now. <laughs> What's interesting is that was an answer to, to prayer and a specific prayer prayed by Mr. Steve Riggs, one of our advisory council. Um, uh, he had, he had prayed uh, that God would place the burden on a man's heart who could provide a place for us, and God did just that. He started working in this man, started to have dreams about this place and, and uh, a burden for us. And that began a journey that, honestly, I thought would be concluded in a few months. Uh, we, sat, we sat down with him. We sat down with him, and he said, I have some property on Old Fort Parkway, this is the part of the story many of you uh, uh, remember. Um, but he said, I have, some, I have some property on Old Fort Parkway that I'd like to give y'all. Uh, it's about one and a quarter acres, and it's worth, it's worth uh, approximately $400,000. We'll use the value of the land as the down payment, and I'll finance the building for you through my bank. He also has a bank. And we'll build a 10,000-square-foot building. Does that sound okay to you? Um, yes. <laughs> yes, that sounds great. So we began to take the necessary steps to move forward on this land. And, and there was one concern that we had on Old Fort Parkway. It wasn't the location. It's the, if you know anything about Murfreesboro, it is the only property left available on Old Fort Parkway. 
Old Fort Parkway still remains the main corridor of this. Of had was, would we be able to build a 10,000 square foot building on that space? And we were going to do everything that we could to make it ha happen. After all, the price was right. Um, uh, we began the move. Uh, generosity campaign uh, to couple with what this man was doing for us with total pledges. Uh, we had pledged during that time over $250,000, which to date we have raised uh, up to $150,000 of that. Praise God, praise God, praise God. God is so good. And not long into the, the due diligence, this man could see some of the same things that, that we could on that to, to get 10,000 square feet, and I was, I was determined, if we're going to go to all of the trouble to build and the expenditure to be able to build, we need to make sure that we're building uh, at least a minimum amount of square feet that we can operate in. And so, uh, and 10,000 was that number. I, in my heart, I wanted even more than that, but, but 10,000 would, it would do. And, uh, um, so um, he begins to have some of these same thoughts um, that it, it may not be enough for us to be able to do. And so then he tells our agent, just go and find them three acres and I'll just buy it for them. And again, we said, um, yes, we just, we just, we're just on this journey. Um, and that began an almost two-year-long search for property or building. We looked at so many parcels of land. Uh, we were in fairly serious negotiations on two of those. Uh, had gotten to the point where we were coming down to details. Uh, each of them, each one of the properties being disqualified for one reason or, or another. Uh, too far because of Murfreesboro, they're asking too much, not willing to come down. Not enough buildable space because you may be able to find three acres, but that doesn't mean those three acres can handle what you're wanting to, wanting to build. We looked at buildings. We, a building that we had looked at several years ago, we revisited it again. It's right down here on River Rock. We thought, well, that would be a great solution. It's the old racquetball club that's, that's right down here, this big gray building that's, that's, that's down here. We had, we had looked at that, um, and we actually uh, uh, put, an, put an offer uh, on that, and they, they refused our offer. But because of the condition of the building, we weren't, we weren't willing to go uh, any higher. How many of y'all know you, you, you got to stay with, with, with your peace? Which is hard to do in this culture because it really doesn't matter how bad you want it. If you're going to be led by the Spirit and if you're going to trust God, you cannot push past the peace that He's given you. No matter how bad you want it. Hard lesson to learn, by the way. We looked at buildings then we had an opportunity with an existing church over on Joby Jackson. And many here uh, know that part of the story because uh, I filled you in on that as well. We received early information that it was about to come up for sale. So before it even hit the market, we, we were able to, uh, to get an offer. And so we prayed diligently over it, really wanted it, honestly. Everything seemed to be opening up for us and... Uh, we had high hopes that we would get it. And so we made that offer, and, and they refused it. Uh, they, they would not accept it. Um, 
and we thought we had, we had lost it. Then all of a sudden, out of the blue, it comes up for auction, and, uh, and we're back on, all right? My wife and I, we see the listing, and we're like, oh, my goodness. So then, so then all of these details working together, we get in to see the building, we do a tour, all that kind of stuff, and the man says, okay, let's do what we can to help, to help get this building. So my wife and I, this man, our agent, are at the auction with about 100 other people bidding on this church facility with anticipation. We've got our staff and advisory council. They're around praying in places. They're not at the auction, but they're like covertly play, praying in the neighborhoods surrounding. They're parked over. <laughs> they're parked over on another place, and they're just they're they're praying and and with anticipation. We're like God, you have opened the door again, and you're claiming those things. The door that God opens, no man can shut. So God, we're here for a purpose. We're here for a reason. And then we listened and watched as it slipped through our hand. And as the bids kept going higher and higher and higher, past our amount, what we were willing to do, what reasonably we could do, and that was a hard one. I smiled all the way through that auction. And I, I, did, I did have the peace of the Lord, but that was a hard one. That was a hard one. When you want something so bad for, for the people that you love, for the community that you love, it hurts when you see really a dream disappear. Anybody know what I'm talking about? How many times through this process we thought, this is it, this is it, this must be it. And the only way that you can say you trust God is if you've had to trust God. I've trusted God angrily. I've trusted God discouraged. I've trusted him heartbroken. You can do both at the same time. You can be heartbroken and still trust God. But I started to get so tired of almost getting so tired of so close and so tired of we'll keep looking and so tired of God must have something better. At first, almost there was joyfully prophetic. It was something that came out in prayer. And then I was like, if P. Russ sings almost there one more time, Lord, there's got to be a day where almost becomes there. I began, to, I began to pray to the Lord in the last quarter of 2018, the end of this last year, and I said, Lord, if there's nothing else that becomes available, we're going to move forward on the Old Fort Parkway property, whatever that looks like. This must be the place that you have for us if doors are being shut everywhere else. There were other things that were happening in me as a pastor. I was beginning to feel the pressure of a generosity campaign that was coming up on two years. Can I tell you the truth? 
I was beginning to feel that pressure that so many wonderful people have sown thousands into a movement and to move this church, and I had nothing to show for it. And so I said to the Lord, if this man still wants to give it, then we'll proceed. January came, had nothing. It was in the first week of January. We went past the new year, first week of January. My wife and I asked for a meeting with, with this man. I said, sir, would you, would you still be willing to do this, and can we move forward on this property? And he said, let's do this thing. I said, okay, we'd love to. And things begin to change. We begin to see some bright spots. He said, he said, but this time, instead of an acre and a quarter, I'm going to give you an acre and a half, and that should be able to, to get you what you need on that property. So we rejoiced over that. It's no longer an acre and a quarter. It's acre and an acre and a half. And to give you an idea of what that kind of value is, just for another quarter acre in the two years that we had spent, what was valued at $400,000 now for an acre and a half is $600,000 for an acre and a half in Murfreesboro. We began due diligence on this property. We met with consultants, engineers, bankers, began site work. Our advisory council, pastor, our team, our leadership team, all involved in this, speaking into it, providing wisdom, providing hours, providing insight, praying. And all the information we started getting back was that we can't afford this. The cost of construction has gone through the roof. What was $1.3 million to build, a 10,000-square-foot building, now at this stage, two years later, is over $2 million to build. By the time we do all the site prep, water retention systems, everything that is needed just to get the land ready to build on, first of all, the bank would not approve us for a loan of that amount, even if we did have a generous friend who was helping us. And to be honest, we couldn't afford it anyway. And this is where I came to my breaking point. I said, God, I'm a failure. I've wasted all this time, built something. Even if it was smaller the first time around, we wouldn't be in this position. I don't understand why this is so hard. There's obviously something wrong with me. Then I started the comparison thing. Other churches and pastors have, have built and even have built two projects in the time and have completed it in the time since I've been the pastor of this church. And I begin to do the math. It's going to be another three years before we'll be in the building because of the kind of money that we'll have to raise. The kind of money that we had to raise. Why? Because when we voted for this at the beginning... When we said this is what this man is doing for us, we as a church committed and agreed that we would take $1.3 million. That's the significance of 1.3, that, that we would go together with 1.3. That's how we raised the pledges and all of that stuff and, and the percentage of the 1.3. And I was like, what we are going to need to raise to be able to get up to afford this building. 
I got to tell you, I, I was really devastated at this point. I, I was heartbroken. I was angry. Ask my wife. <laughs> she knew I was at a point. You see, when pastor gets to a breaking point, he cries. He's a crier. That's, that's a good thing, you know. I rem- he c- and the reason why I know this is because he told the story so many times with the old bus before they got the new, po- new bus, and how I remember that, that, that he would say, and I came to a breaking point, and I just began, I was sitting down to, take, to eat a plate of chicken uh, that, that my family had just warmed up, and I just got done, I got grease all over me, I just got done making another repair on this old bus, and I come in, and I just start crying, and his family comes around him, starts hugging him, all that kind of stuff. That's what happens when he gets to a breaking point. I get to a breaking point, and I just want to break things. I don't know where the line is between righteous anger and, rank and anger, but Jesus. I begin to, I begin to say things out of, out of anger just in myself. I felt, God, there's no hope. Nothing's ever going to change. Just accept it. This is... This is our lot. This is where we're going to be. It's so important to believe his words. It's so important to believe his words. Because if you only believe your experiences to this point, then you'll never live by faith. I can't afford to preach my experience. I've got to preach his truth, his promise, his word. Even if your experience doesn't look like it yet, his word is still true. Because at some point, he will give you an experience that matches what he said. Glory to God. If you hold on to the promises long enough, you'll experience those words for yourself. That was two weeks ago. Monday, August 5th, I was at that point. It had been building in me all weekend, and Monday morning, like, I'm just letting Ivy know, like, this is, this is, this is it. I'm done with this process. We can't even afford to do this. Every other door has been shut, yada, yada, yada. I'm ranting. She's listening and smiling like she does. Hmm. That afternoon, Pastor Johnny texts me and said, there's a church for sale. And I was not interested, but I tried to look it up. I couldn't find it, so he sent me the link. I look it up, and Ivy says, you should go see it. I said, I don't want to. She says, I think you should. That's what Esther does. She's persistent. I said, you know what? I will. But I'm not going there to like it. I'm just going to do some reconnaissance. Because Pastor taught me this, this as well, that when you walk into a facility um, uh, to get an education, always get an education. So I began doing that. And every space that I would walk to, walk into, I mean, I felt 
so much like pastor in, in this. Like I would count ceiling tiles. I would see how many chairs there were. I would start. I would start analyzing square footage and how much they were able to use that space and all this kind of thing and and how efficiently they were using it if they were being good stewards of it. Because I knew where we were at. We were using every square inch of our space. I wanted to make sure they were they were doing there. So all of this stuff. God, I'm just going to go here and get an education because every every time I do, it's going to help us moving forward. I'm gleaning something from this from this church. But I'm not putting any stock in it. And so I'm, I'm really just uh, like, this is how much I don't care about this. There's a, a, there's a link uh, within the webpage for this place that says schedule an appointment. Yeah, we'll see what happens here. You know, it just sends off into digital land, wherever, digital space somewhere. Yeah, we'll see if we get, we'll get contacted. And I just filled out an appointment for schedule. Um, uh, and I go to bed. That's Monday. Then all of a sudden, the next morning I get a text from the man who is helping us, the man who is giving the property to us, and says, hey, I just got word of this church for sale. I think you should really check it out. He has no idea the conversation that we had or the link that my pastor sent me. And he doesn't know that I angrily requested a showing (laughs) on the website. He knows none of that. He said construction costs are astronomical right now, and I believe this could be a good deal for y'all. Please go look at it. That's what this man says. Okay, God is starting to get my attention at this point. This man has no idea. I get that text. I said, Ivy, you're not going to believe this. I tell her, and an agent calls me right after that and says, hey, got your information online. Are you available to see the property today? Yes. Okay, why not? So we get, we get some of the staff, and we meet over there, and that's Tuesday, and I'm still half, half expecting just to get an education, but, um, you know, enough things are starting to happen that I'm, I'm starting to pay a little bit of attention now. And when we walk into the building and into the sanctuary, I can feel my jaw dropping because I can't believe how much space there is, and you certainly couldn't tell it by the photos. We begin to tour. We begin to tour the place. And staff are claiming office spaces. And this is, this is where I can be. And, and this is what I can do. And, and, uh, and I'm like, Lord, what am I going to tell these people? Just didn't want to get our hopes up one more time. We're walking through this building, and it's just, it, just keeps going, it just keeps going on and on. We're like, oh, my goodness, how much space is here? Everyone has, a, has an excitement about it. And so after the showing, I get on the phone with this man, and I'm saying things. And you, have you ever been, like, saying something, and you can't believe what you're saying? And I said, I get on the phone, and answer for us. 
He said, Nathan, I believe that too. We can get it, but we'll have to move quickly. Come to my office tomorrow, and we'll put together an LOI. That's letter of, letter of intent. So next morning, we sat down. They're asking 1.45. We offer 1.1 that day. Wednesday the 7th, we submit a letter of intent. The next day, which is Thursday the 8th, we're talking about August, okay, this month. They say that there is another church that is looking and submitted a letter of intent before you, but it was months ago. He told us, interestingly enough, we had heard nothing from this other church for months until the day that you requested the showing and went over and saw it, and all of a sudden this other church is interested. So they called and said they wanted to move forward. We increased our offer in another letter of intent to 1.15 to see if we could move ahead. But they came back and said the next day on Friday that they were going to honor the first LOI. Even though there had not been action for months from this church, they're going to honor the, the, the one who had put the original LOI. This was a church that was out, out of state, and they were looking to plant in Murfreesboro. So our investor comes back and says, okay, we can show them that we're serious and we can submit a contract, move past the LOI and go to contract. You and your agent come to my office on Monday morning and we'll line it out. Okay. Monday the 12th. So everybody follow on the time frame here? That following Monday, Monday the 12th, we had the weekend. We put together and submitted a contract. That was the same day that we got word that one of our advisory council, Evan German, had a major stroke the same day that we submitted the contract. With the contract they have until Wednesday to respond, they don't accept it. We start hammering out details because, because this church needs actually to continue to use the building while they construct their new facility. And so we're going back and forth. Even though there is no signed or agreed upon contract, um, we are discussing details and, uh, in case something may come of it. All the while, this other church is still communicating with them and are giving them the opportunity. So then we come to Wednesday the 14th. And the burden for, for us to have a place for me was so strong that after we had staff prayer Wednesday morning, and Wednesday's the busiest day for us. We got midweek, we got all that stuff. The burden was so strong, I told the staff after staff prayer, said, God is calling me away to pray. I've got to go and seek the face of the Lord until we get a breakthrough on this. Of course, they were, they were understanding and, and supportive as, as, as always and covered all the bases wonderfully. I knew the Lord, two things. I knew the Lord was leading me to go visit our advisory council, uh, uh, Mr. Evan German, he was in Cookville, a hospital in Cookville, and I knew I was supposed to go and pray with him. That man should be talking and walking the way that he what God has done. There is absolutely no way that man should be talking and walking the way that he is. You saw testimony last week. He was in this place last week. Praise God. Praise God. And along the way, I've never been out this way before. Along the way, I pass a church and I do a double take because this church is literally identical to the one that we're looking at. And I'm like, where am I? 
same build, same, same everything. I actually took a picture of it and sent it to Ivy and said, and sweetie, you're not going to believe this. And I'm like, God, what are you telling me? I visit with Mr. Evan, Miss Pat, praise God for, for answered prayers. Because I said, Lord, this man's health is far more important than any brick and mortar. I come back to Murfreesboro, and God leads me up to Tiger Hill. If you don't know what Tiger Hill is, it's on the outside of, of, of Murfreesboro, south side, just as you're going out of town, about 231. And it has been a God place and a meeting place with the Lord uh, for pastor for years. And I figured if the Lord met with Moses there, he'll meet with a Joshua there too. So so I'm praying. I'm up, on the, I'm up on the mountain. I'm praying. I call my pastor. We pray some more interceding. I'm desperate. At the same time, I don't know what's happening here, but everyone who had come for midweek prayer was praying over me at the exact same time that I was up on Tiger Hill, and I felt a breakthrough of peace that I was done wrestling with this. When I was up there at the same time that they were praying, I just felt a, 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 a peace that I was done. Remember that our contract had expired without being accepted. Thursday morning, the 15th, the listing agent calls us and says, we are still honoring the first church, but we've given them a time frame. We are giving them until Tuesday to supply a contract and proof of financing. And I told our agent, okay, this is what we're going to do. Instead of supplying a contract right now, we are not going to submit another contract until we hear whether or not that church has provided one. So things went silent. And honestly, I didn't know which, thing, which way things were, were going to go. I didn't, but I knew that I had a peace. And something changed. Something interesting happened. My pleading prayer. Prayer is not one-dimensional. I know some people, the only way they know how to pray is to contend with the Lord. Every prayer isn't supposed to be a contention. The Holy Spirit helps us to pray. When we don't know how to pray or what to pray, I had a conversation about this with Pastor, and once I had that release on Wednesday night, I felt it was a violation of my trust in God to continue to contend for something he had already given me peace about. Glory to God. That's why the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. Because it's that conversation that we need to, know, need to know. And all of a sudden, it just became just praise, and it became this trust in the Lord. Not trust in the outcome. Trust in the Lord. We didn't know what time Tuesday. And believe me, those days leading up to it, Tuesday, it was, it was lasting an eternity. Because we didn't know what time Tuesday, we didn't know Tuesday at noon or Tuesday at the end of business day or Tuesday at midnight. Like, they didn't give us any kind of details. And I woke up Tuesday morning with a call from our agent saying that this church just called uh, the church that is, that is selling their facility and wants to know where our contract is. I said, oh, oh, oh okay. Um, well, then let's make the revisions and get it over. We did. They had a counter on some items. They started pursuing us. Tuesday becomes Wednesday, negotiating back and forth. And I spend all day Wednesday, the staff knows this, 
putting together the conditions and the stipulations, sending it back and forth to advisory council, getting approval, sending it. And I said a quick prayer. I said, Lord, let this be the last revision. And then I headed to midweek prayer service. Sweetie, can you and the boys come up here? Come on up. We wanted to do this together. But we are overflowing with joy this morning to tell you that the search is over. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And we have, we have something to say. Are you guys ready? One, two, three. We have a new home. Glory to God. Bless the Lord. I love it. I love it when when we rejoice and, and everybody really doesn't know what it is we're rejoicing over. It's just like, what is this place? Listen, as of this last Wednesday, we are under contract to purchase an existing church facility here in Murfreesboro. Give you to give you an idea, to give you an idea, we're working with about six thousand here. More than double. I said, God, 10,000 will do, but in my heart, I knew I wanted at least 12,000, and he's provided 13,000. Sanctuary seating for 300. Fellowship hall seating for 150. A full kitchen. Large youth area. Nursery. Toddler rooms. 12 classrooms slash office multipurpose spaces. An outdoor playground on 2.3 acres. Come on. we as a church when we launched the generosity campaign and voted on the amount remember what we said to buy or build and we agreed to a budget of 1.3 million they have signed and agreed to our offer for a purchase price of 1.15 $150,000 under our budget But wait, there's more. What about the man who's been so helpful? He has covered the entirety of the down payment. So the loan that we will, that we will carry will be under a million dollars at $977,500 is what we will carry for a 13,000 square foot facility. 
We have paid over $780,000. To give you an idea of what some of these numbers are, we have paid over $780,000 in rent these last 13 years. I'm believing that God is going to multiply this place and this church. We'll have this thing paid off in five to seven years and be done with it. Knock it out. Be done with it. This is making our payments just slightly higher than what we've been blessed to pay here for 13 years. That's unheard of. We said from the beginning, God do something so great we can't take credit for. Well, guess what? Here we are. Here we are. We couldn't make all this stuff happen. When it's the Lord, this kind of news, it just gets better and better. I want to tell you this, another couple of details. Remember I said earlier that Ivy journaled that August 21st, 2016 is when we got word that God had moved on the heart of a man to help us get a new home. This last Wednesday, August 21st, 2019, three years to the day, we get a signed contract for Turning Point Church. What? What? He's so good. <laughs> God is so good. He can show off like no one else. This church that is, that is, that is building uh, the new facility, they're in a $6 million project, beautiful facility that they're, they're, they're building just down the road and needs to use the facility during the construction phase. So we have agreed to allow the current church to have services and schedules so that both churches can continue to thrive. We are family, and this is all about the kingdom. So, so being able to allow this church, we would want the same kind of the same kind of assistance and the same kind of heart going towards us if we were in that situation. I've met with the pastor, uh, wonderful, sweet, and kind and kind man. We're looking forward to moving forward uh, together. They they believe their construction is going to take about a, about a year. So we will work together to make this happen, won't we, church? <laughs> when God says it's time to move, it's time to move. The waiting is over. It's time to put in the house. She's like, sooner rather than later, please. So listen, listen very carefully. Next Sunday, September 1st, following our Sunday morning service here from 1 to 4, our staff will be giving tours of the new facility next Sunday. So make plans. You can go grab some lunch afterward. In fact, I encourage you, encourage you to. And then we're going to go do tours next Sunday. Monday... September 23rd, four weeks from now, we close. When God says it's time to move, it's moving. He's moving things quickly. The following Sunday, Sunday, September 29th, five Sundays from now, our last service here will take place. The following Sunday, October 6th, will be the first service in our new home. In a month, we will be in our new place. Glory to God. What looked like nothing was happening, all of a sudden everything's happening. Um, miracle worker. Even when I don't see it, he's working. A few other things. Give me just another couple moments, if you would, and then we're, 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 we're going to celebrate big. But our staff and advisory council, church, we are blessed with the very best. We've all had to walk through this. They've walked with us and through this for years, have shown the same heart, an unrelenting, not giving up kind of attitude. 
uh, that most people don't have. They have remained positive, faithful, encouraging, and supportive in every step. They experienced the same feelings, same discouragements, and they still had my back, as I like to say. They are true leaders, men and women of faith and of the spirit and of wisdom. The past has been great, but the future is better with these incredible people. Y'all give it up for all of our staff and advisory council through this process. Come on. <laughs> Blessed with the best. Blessed with the best. Move a village. Um, so bear with us as we figure that out. It's never been a more appropriate time to say flex and flow. Thank you, Pastor. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. For the next few weeks, they're going to be very special. God will lead us from this place in power, and we will experience emotions together, all kinds of things. Tell of the wonders of God. I may have given it from the platform this morning, but this is our story. This is your story. Uh -huh. Invite all your friends. Tell the testimony. Bring someone else into the experience of this testimony. This could be the occasion that God uses to revive their heart. Don't miss a moment of what God is doing right now. I encourage you, be, be all in. Because he's showing you a miracle right now, but it is giving a glimpse of what he will do in your life. That's what's so great when God does something corporately because he's giving an example of what he wants to do in us individually. You think the promise is just for people on this platform? You think the promise is just because we have a pastoral title? God is no respecter of persons, but he is a rewarder of those who will diligently seek him. Amen. 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 So here's what we need. This is the phrase. All hands on deck. Everybody say all hands on deck. <laughs> we need all hands on deck for this thing. There is a lot to move and a lot of moving parts in this time frame. If you're not currently serving on a team, guess what? We need you. And next is tomorrow night. Just so happens. <laughs> Glory to God. Get you on a team. We need your help. Let's get involved. Now's the time to get active. Also, um, I know this is, this is an announcement. We're not doing the rest of, of announcements that we, normally, that we normally do. But I will tell you this. Life groups, they launch today. Many that are going on. I encourage everybody in this room. Get in with a life group. Find a family in that life group. And do this. Talk about what God is doing. Talk about it. 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 Give him the glory. Give him the testimony. Let God be praised through what is happening. And talk about it. Oh, my goodness. What are we going to do here? What are we going to do here? What are we going to be able to do? Outreach wise? What are all these things that we're going to be able to do? Talk about it. It's going to be awesome. Pastor Russell, if you and the team would come up very quickly. Hmm. We have passed through the wilderness. It's been even interesting because I didn't know how things were going to land. The week before, last, not last week, but the week before, God gave us a word of why the wilderness. Why the wilderness. Last week was it comes with the territory. And this week, God has given us the territory. We have seen, we have seen incredible favor, and now is the time to cross over and possess it. Hmm. Is it about the building? Is it about the place? Yes. 
but it's more about what the building represents. Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. This is a demonstration of God's love to us. Remember, demonstration is the proof that what he promised will come to pass. That what he says really works. The significance of this is that this is the answer to 10,000 prayers. The cries of a people for over 16 years. The fulfillment of countless dreams. That's what's all tied up in this. Every delay has proven to be divine. Every pause has been on purpose. Everything that looked like a letdown, now it see, we see it as it was a setup all along for his glory and for his plan. During this process, we had to have let patience have her perfect work. So when the blessing of the Lord comes, it's the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and he adds no sorrow to it. Y'all are doing great. I have one more passage to read. I'm just going to read it to you. It's the next chapter in Deuteronomy, chapter 7, starting with verse 6. It says this. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord God has chosen you to be a people for his possession. Out of all of the peoples who are on the face of the earth. For the Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any of the people. For you were the fewest of all the people. But because the Lord loved you and kept the oath which he swore to your forefathers, the Lord brought you out by a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery. Verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God, who keeps His covenant and His loving kindness to a thousand generations with those who love Him and keep His commandments. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Turning Point Church. To stay connected, we invite you to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on social media. If you're in the Middle Tennessee area, we'd love for you to join us for a Sunday or midweek service. God bless you and have a wonderful week.